Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I buried it. I put it under a rock. I sat on that rock. I built um, a life on top of it. But these things, they keep coming up if you don't deal with them. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, the podcast that finds out what happens when women break the rules. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And, you know, sometimes it is so freaking hard to break away from our family baggage, you know, to be able to actually find our own stories and figure out not just who we are, but who we want to be. Absolutely. And no one knows that better than our guest today. My name is Kulop Vilaisak. I am a writer, director, actor, producer, podcaster. And Kulop's a daughter of Laotian refugees. Today, we'll hear from her about her complicated relationships with her parents, her background, and ways she's worked through all of her family baggage. All to figure out, how do you wade through all of that crap and actually find yourself? Then, in the second half of the show, we have the much-anticipated premiere of Ask a Girl, where we'll get some different perspective. Got a question? Ask a girl. Ask a girl. Ask a girl. Stick around. For those of you who think you don't know Kulop, well, we're betting you do. Kulop worked her way through the Upright Citizens Brigade comedy scene in L.A. and has appeared in more than two dozen TV shows like The Office and Parks and Rec. She's played everything from a badass feminist hacker on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I was already. Huh, you don't think I can do this? Is it because I'm a woman? No, no, I didn't say that. I think women are amazing. Thank you. To a sex worker on The Hot Wives of Orlando. I I love these corporate gigs because, you know, obviously it's a lot easier on my vagina, you know, and there's like... So much to steal. And then a few years ago, Kulop discovered how much she thrives behind the camera. For four seasons, she was the creator, showrunner, and co-executive producer on bajillion dollar properties. And if you like HGTV or Bravo (laughs) or Arrested Development, and especially if you like all of those things like we do, you gotta watch bajillion people. It's (laughs) hilarious. You know, there's a recording studio in the basement. I got a laptop and a microphone. It's a basement. (laughs) But listen, just the fact that she was show running this successful comedy was no small feat, y'all. On TV, 
80% of showrunners are men and 91% are white. And 100% of Cool Op is <laughs> neither of those things. She's proud of owning her talent and beating those odds. She said that she wants to become, quote, the Asian Shonda Rhimes. It, it's, I'm, I'm turning pink. Uh, I do feel it. I want that. But it's embarrassing that I say it and, and, and I stand by it. <laughs> You stand by being embarrassed or by, or by the fact that you want to be Because <laughs> it's just like, it's so cheesy. But like, yeah, Shonda Rhimes is a badass who has her own company, has created multiple worlds led by strong, complicated females. But uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to anyway, you know, to, to even emulate her in a little bit would be extraordinary. Kulap is well on her way. And her success as a showrunner and director comes from her own hard work and drive, which, she says, her parents helped instill in her. But it's been a long journey. Well, I think probably my upbringing was the same as you guys. I was born in this country. But what's specific to me is that my parents are uh, refugees from Laos. Quick geography lesson. Laos is sandwiched between Vietnam and Thailand. And during the Vietnam War, Laos was not spared from the fighting. Kulab's parents actually had to flee the country because the U.S. was secretly bombing Laos during the Vietnam War, ultimately killing a tenth of the country's population. Kulab was actually conceived in a Thai refugee camp before her parents resettled in the U.S., eventually ending up in the small town of Egan, Minnesota. They came to America for a, a, a better life, a hope of some, a, a bigger life. But I do believe that, like, trauma can come through DNA. But then also, you know, I was raised by people who had been through trauma. Kulop's parents worked really hard to make that better life. And everybody pitched in. You know, I grew up in a restaurant. I, I, I worked for my family very early on. Um, I was a dishwasher at about 7 or 8. And then I was a server at 11. I didn't really have... Uh, you know, when weekends and weeknights, I was at the restaurant working. When my sisters were born when I was eight or nine, it was my job as the oldest to take care of them. And I became sort of their, between a secondary and a primary caretaker. Um, but yeah, like I didn't have that, you know, uh, you know, I used to read so much. I didn't have, you know, the... American upbringing that, like, I read in, like, Babysitter's Club. Which, by the way, she devoured. Well, for me, there was an Asian character in uh, Claudia, and we were—I was starved for anything uh, that had (laughs) an Asian character in it. But Kulop was just so into books that her mom would give them to her as rewards for good behavior. She'd even get in trouble for reading instead of sleeping, which I did, too, as a kid— And perhaps not surprisingly for someone who'd grow up to work in the biz, TV was a constant companion for Kulop. It was at the restaurant while we were divaning shrimp or or prepping, like, slicing vegetables. We'd have, like, the TV on, so it would be, like, from reruns of I Love Lucy, Saturday Night Live. When my parents were working double jobs and I was watching Anita and Alyssa at night while I was, like, feeding them or, like, uh, folding the family's laundry, um, it would be like BT. Um, fo- you know, I mean, it just the TV was always it's it's just been on since I can, as far back as I can remember. I remember going to see uh, uh, Coming to America twice in the theater. That's like my first <laughs> theater experience with my parents. Um, and you know, laughter and 
joking around with sort of the release valve in our family. A release valve they needed. Because like a lot of us growing up, getting along with her parents could be really tough for Kulop. I only have conflict with my mom, unfortunately. And so... So it just, you know, her, she wanted me to be obedient and I I didn't, and the things that she wanted me to, you know, like not talking back, um, I just, my my parents had rules that they brought back from Laos and the, and I I just didn't agree oftentimes and that would cause a lot of, of trouble at home. Her parents role modeled grit and determination and expected the same of Kulap growing up. But sometimes her family responsibilities made Kulop resentful, especially toward her mom. It's verboten to speak ill of the mother. She can, she held you. She brought you up. It's You're considered a bad daughter, certainly in Asian cultures. You don't speak ill of your parents. Everything that they sacrificed, everything that they did to get you to this point, you, it's, it's, it's not allowed. But it's still, I can be so thankful for what, my parents have done for me and what they sacrificed. And I can have concurrent thoughts of being very angry at my mom and loving her on a molecular level. This complicated family dynamic was the background for Kulop growing up. Her parents fought with each other. They fought with her. But when Kulop was 14, there was a fight that was different from the others. It was one that revealed something kind of life-changing. I always got along better with my dad because he he yells less. And uh, on this night, I was hiding out in my parents' bedroom where our family's Apple Macintosh was. And my mom came in in a huff and started venting about him. And um, I, I stood up for him. And she looked at me and said, why are you defending him? He's not your real dad. I first thought that that was just something she was saying once again, something to hurt me. My mom often says things and does things um, very in a reactive way. I went and talked to my dad about it, and I just knew I knew it was the truth from him that he gave me confirmation in his face. And so I ran off, and I ran outside, and I ran until I realized I had nowhere to go. Imagine. At 14, Kulop finds out that the dad she grew up with, the parents she got along with the best, and the one she thought she looked like the most, wasn't her biological father. Instead, she shared DNA with a man halfway around the world in Laos whom she'd never met or spoken to. So initially, she tried to get in touch through an uncle, but she quickly found out that her birth father wasn't interested. He was afraid she was just seeking money. So she just dropped it. Like, completely. Yeah, she buried it. And as soon as she graduated high school, she hightailed it out of Minnesota. She ran off to L.A. There she built a new life on top of that buried family secret. In L.A., she discovered comedy and also a comedian, a guy named Scott Ackerman, who you might have heard on his show Comedy Bang Bang. They started dating when she was 19, and things didn't go so great the first time around. After a while, I kind of made him my world and after a while, when you do that, you have nothing to talk about because you're just having the same experiences. Or I had nothing to talk about because he already knew what was going on with him. <laughs> so Scott broke up with Kulop shortly after that. And in the process of getting over the heartbreak, she was like, fuck this. 
I gotta find out who I am. You know, separate from her parents, separate from this boyfriend. So she started getting into acting, and Scott noticed. And and then when I was completely over him, he 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 came around again. Um, <laughs> that's how it, I, I guess this is how it works. Uh, uh, I guess some of those rom coms are right. By the time Cool Up was in her late twenties, she had a successful podcast, a burgeoning comedy career. And as things grew more serious with Scott, Cool Up realized she had to get more serious about confronting all that family baggage that she tried to leave behind in Egan, Minnesota. When I called, I think I talked to my dad, and I was like, we got engaged, isn't that so, like, so excited? Um, And then my dad was like, congrats, breath, and then started bitching about my mom. Like, just, and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't. I don't want to, I don't want to bring, like, I don't want to have this behavior, this learned behavior. I just, I didn't want to let it affect my relationship and my relationship with my husband, Scott. And we've been together for, um, uh, let's see, we started uh, dating in 99. We got married in 2008. So it's a, it's, what, is that 18 years, 17 years? I don't even know. But <laughs> it, it's, I'm really proud of our relationship. Um and I didn't want a relationship like like my parents had, which is was very violent um in every way. So, um, yeah, like that that was the beginning of sort of like me realizing, oh, I need help. I need to deal with that. And since twenty eight, I mean, i've it's it's talk therapy. it's it's um astrology. I've worked with shamans, energy healers, Reiki, the Grinberg method. Um, I've done workshops. I've, you know, I've, uh, there's nothing that I won't try. And it's been great for me. It's been hard. It's, uh, and it continues to be hard, but it's a lot easier now. That determination to not have a relationship like her parents was a big deal for Kulop. But even bigger was her realization that she didn't want to be a parent like her parents. And that all started to make her wonder about that other parent, the biological dad that she never got to know. What was the, uh, the point that kind of woke you up to that of, of needing to find out the truth? My mom and I just, uh, our relationship just kept getting worse. Um, my family was falling apart. My parents were uh, finally getting separated. Um, and then I got pregnant, and then I miscarried. And that was a loss, and I had, and that was very painful. But in that time, I realized that I was going to be a mom and that I think I, I, think I want to, to be a mom. Um, I was scared to be a mom because I had my own mom as an example. And at that time, I, I, I would want nothing to be like her, um, frankly. But I felt like, wow, you know, I can, at 33, as silly as it sounds, I can create life. And I think I want this. And I think motherhood is coming for me. But I feel like I don't, I'm missing a big part of who I am. And so that was really the impetus to begin. That was also the impetus to begin a search for a biological dad. And not only that, but to get behind the camera in the process. 
She began a four-year-long journey to make a documentary about her life, her family, and her complicated search to figure out who she really is. The doc is forthcoming, and it's called Origin Story. And we actually have a little sneak peek here uh, of a scene from the documentary where Kulop sits down with her biological dad. Speed. Speed. Uh, Take one interview with uh, Jack. (laughs) Call me Jack. (laughs) When we come back, Kulop tells us why she decided to process this pretty intense personal situation with a camera and crew in tow. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, y'all. We're back with Cool Up Vilaysock. So most of us, I feel like <laughs> if we want to dig into a deeply personal and painful part of our lives. Like our like our personal parent claptrap. Yeah, we probably would not decide to also simultaneously make a documentary about it. But Cool Up isn't most of us. I think I wouldn't do it if I didn't have, like, if I wasn't in, like, guiding a project um, because I was doing the documentary I, I moved very fa- I moved faster than I had ever moved for someone who knew about her father her birth father at 14 to have never asked what like his name was really you know until I think I was 30 because I just happened I wanted to get my I had to get my birth certificate to to know my exact time of birth so that I could get a proper natal horoscope chart you know like that was the only reason and that was the only reason why i saw his name like i didn't ask like and so and then for 33 not to even try to pick up a phone and figure out how to get to him you know and so that, that that's that part if i had a camera if i had a crew the project would move forward in a way that I don't know if I would actually focus up on. I hadn't until then. Secondly, um, memory is so tricky. Um, there was a lot of distrust of myself and of, of like, my parents from that moment when I was 14. Um, so having a camera is 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 almost like uh, having some – an accountability machine in a way. Um, Does it also give you a little moral support of like, it kind of puts a little 
distance between you and, you know, the the kind of conflict at hand? No, no, no. There was no distance. (laughs) 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 There's never been distance. (laughs) There's And even when I had, you know, part of it, yeah, yeah. Was there a, a desire and a plan for control? Absolutely. But the whole thing... Once it got going, like, I wanted to stop multiple times. I wanted to just quit. This is a bad idea. Um, uh, You know, but something would come up, a helping hand, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get to last. Well, someone would offer something. You know, along the way, people were like, no, for whatever reason, this thing you need, we'll give it to you. And every time I was like, oh, I don't have this thing. I guess this is it. Let's quit. Like, every, every step of the way, it was like, nope, you're still doing it. Nope, you have to do this. So we'll say right now, sorry, y'all, no spoilers. Uh, Kulop is currently working to get the documentary into film festivals. So we can't tell you what happens, but we can tell you that you have to just wait and see it. But Kulop's journey to finding this part of herself didn't stop in Laos. After she came back to the States, after working on the documentary, she wanted to expand her network and connect more with her Laotian heritage where she lived in her community in L.A. I started this group called Laos Angeles. Which, <laughs> nice. Yeah, everyone, please stand wherever you're at for an ovation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was my first Facebook group I ever started. I'm really proud of myself. There's just there's a lot of Thai people, but there really isn't a community out here. And so I'm, I this uh, end of 2017 was keen on starting one, and I really was like, oh, okay, well, I guess there'll be like five, ten people. And this Facebook has grown to like 60 plus people. And we're starting to do events together, and it's been really cool. I've found a, a group of people that um, I relate to and who know know what it's like to grow up with Lao uh, refugee parents and know what it's like to be a minority within a minority, um, know what it's like to be asked what what you are and then when you tell them you're from Laos they don't know what Laos is like it's really it's been very comforting and exciting to to find this group of people in the process of finding her origin story over the past few years Kulop has evolved not only in how she sees herself but also in how she sees her closest and most complicated relationships are there things that you especially admire about your mom um, my mom is an incredibly hot, hard worker. Um, she is uh, ambitious and funny. Um, she when she's in a when she's in a good place, there's she's just a party to be around. What do you see today in your personality or your approach to life that echoes your parents, both good and bad? Um, I think I'm a very hard worker. I think I'm very resourceful. Um, I think I'm a hustler, like all of like my biological parents are. Um, I think we all laugh loud. We all read books when we were kids, and we dreamed of a bigger life. And has your how has your mom felt about um, you making the documentary? And is has has it mended your relationship at all? Um, I think I, for everybody involved, my birth father too, um, I would say that I understand them more than I ever, I ever have. I know why they did what they did and the choices that they make. 
And so they have their truths and they have their stories. And somewhere while where all four of us meet in the middle is probably the truth. But in the end, the truth doesn't really matter. It's it's how how I feel about the past and how I define myself by the past. And I've grown to have a lot of compassion for for my mom. Um, certainly, you know, all of our problems are not lack of love. It's just it's just hard for us to communicate and for us to show each other's love. Specifically with my mom, it's a relationship that we'll just, we, is complicated and we'll have to continue to work on. And Caroline, that's how real life is. It's messy. It's complicated. It doesn't have a tidy ending. And for Cool Up with her documentary, that doesn't really matter because it was the process of making it, she says, that was so cathartic for her. It was necessary to do, it's an act of evolution for me. And I felt, I do, I do feel freed up. Um, You know, like this is me like wrestling with my story and and how I identified um, with myself. And and just, it's truly, I mean, it's so much about identity and letting go. And when I completed it, uh, you know, I did just that. I let it go. I mean, it's still dealing with it, but it's like more so than I have well, I mean, I did a documentary. <laughs> like, it's more so than I ever had before. What did your therapist say about the whole documentary project? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, he, like, asked for it. Like, he's like, I want to watch it. I'm like, I, I gave it to him, like, two weeks ago, but, like, he hasn't said anything. Like, the week, <laughs> the week before, he was like, oh, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it. Now I'm this weird thing because I was like, I don't know if he like would want to see it. And then he asked for it. And now I'm like, I don't want to bring it up. (laughs) So I'm like awkwardly like yesterday I was like, do I ask him if he's hot? Like I was like, are we going to spend a whole session like with his thoughts? He's going to give me notes. This is weird. (laughs) I shouldn't have given it to him. (laughs) Well, Cool Ups Therapist, if you are listening, (laughs) please watch the documentary. (laughs) Please let her know what you thought. Yes. When we come back, we're finally introducing y'all to our resident tween, Queen Courtney, in our advice segment called Ask a Girl. Courtney is just at the beginning of her self-discovery journey, so you don't want to miss it. I mean, honestly, people. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I wish we had like a theme song for Ask a Girl. Like, what, How would it go? Got a question? Ask a girl. Ask a girl. Ask a girl. Got a question? Ask a girl. 
Ask a girl. Ask a girl. Hey, you're a girl. Can I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that was a thrown together song. That oh, really oops. was. That was. We're back, y'all, and we're gearing up to share our Ask a Girl segment with you. But the thing is, like, Courtney's not my friend. She's Kristen's friend. Yeah, she is. So, Kristen, tell me who Courtney is and how you met her. <sighs> Courtney's just the coolest. So... I've known her and her parents for a number of years now. Um, we're friends and neighbors. And as soon as we were talking about making this podcast, Caroline, I immediately thought of getting Courtney on the show because it, it just, you, y'all will find out. It won't take long for you to understand why Courtney's just like none other. Interesting. My name is Courtney. And I'm nine, about to be 10 in five days. <gasps> Five days left. Five days left of single-digit living. Yep. Well, like, day-to-day, like, you as Courtney, what do you think is your... Talent? Your, your, yeah, what 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 are you proudest of? Because you can do all sorts of things. I like to knit. Yes. Knitting is fun. But then another thing that I really like to do that surprises some people is draw. Why does it surprise people? They think I ought to be reading or something. I'm so smart. And you are given that a little side eye. Well, sometimes I don't like being as smart as I am. It's kind of like not if you're a celebrity, you don't want to be a celebrity from time to time. I don't want to be as smart as I am from time to time. Oh, my God, Courtney. I feel your pain. It is so hard to be so smart all the time. You know, and talk about being too famous. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But now, Caroline, I wanted to ask Courtney some general advice questions just to get her perspective, set the stage a little bit. And then we got an amazing advice question submitted from an unladylike listener. Thank you very much. And Courtney was pretty pumped to be in the expert chair to answer. So, what about those questions you were supposed to be getting down to? Oh, well, okay. We need to get down to questions. Get down to questions. Okay. Well, I do want to know, um, you are five days away from turning 10. That's. Does it feel like a pretty big milestone? Oh, yeah. 10 years old. One entire decade. I'm excited because it's going to be my birthday. I'm going to pig out on ice cream and sweets. In another way... I'm not excited because I don't want to grow up. I don't want to get past this point. I just kind of want to sit here, keep on getting smarter, and keep on being able to go to different stuff and have my job and have a house and all that. But I also want to stay this age and this size. Why is that? I've been noticing things in my parents. Mm. They're getting older. (laughs) My mom is 30. I'm older than your mom. You're older than my mom? I'm 33. 33? Yeah. Well, then I guess I'm ancient. No, not compared to dad. (laughs) Dad's turning 40. Oh, no. He's 39. (laughs) So what what about getting old is unappealing? You get unfit, you cannot stretch, and you pretty much become a piece of old rubber. Oh, no. New rubber is, like, stretchy and squishy and cool and does stuff. And then you're in new rubber right now? Yeah. And then once I get to be in my probably late 30s, I'll go 
and be the hard rubber that you can't squish or stretch. Or... Uh, I'm wondering, with turning 10, um, I feel like that was a pretty big milestone for me. I feel like it was a pretty big milestone for me from um, remembering. And I'm like, what kind of, I don't know, do you feel like there's, like, being a girl is getting different as you are getting older? older? Yeah. I cry a lot more, and I get really annoyed a lot faster. <laughs> Done. So I'm I'm getting a sense of what happens with girls is when they're little, they cry a bunch. When they get to be like four and five, they stop crying for a while. Then once they get to be about eight and nine, they start crying and pitching a hissy fit about everything. Well, I'm not normally an emotional person, so it's weird. What is your favorite thing about being a girl? Well, first of all, I can boss boys around without them getting mad. That's pretty helpful. Without them getting mad? How do you accomplish that? Um, whatever you do, just act like they are some sort of weird, like, person that you're trying to instruct. But then you don't act like they're younger than they are. You act like they're older than they are for a while until they've been buttered up enough for you to talk to them normally. Oh. So you and just by normally, you mean, like... Get down to business. Mm-hmm. Like, persuading, like, hey, that looks nice. This place has gotten nicer. Mm. Complimenting them into giving me what I want, essentially. That's... That, I mean, it's good advice, though, of, like, you you lead with, lead with a compliment, lead mm-hmm. with kindness... Even if it is... You got to be nice to them, even if it is a bald-faced lie. Uh, even if they are semi-annoying boys and semi-jerk-faced boys, you still got to, I don't know, give them a little space for compliments and kindness and not declaring war at them. And, I mean, we used to declare war at them. But that's because they declared war on us first. Amen, sister. And <laughs> now we are peaceful trading villages. Okay. How do you deal with feeling stressed? Feeling stressed. I do something that I like to do, like playing video games, take my mind off the real world for a little while by watching a cartoon. So you just take a, take a little breather. What's your advice for anyone listening who doesn't like how they look. Like how they look. Doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin. Do you have any advice? I have a little bit of advice because I had that feeling once because I was at school and everybody else had the hippest, coolest fashion. I was wearing old hand-me-down clothes and I didn't like it. Is ask a friend, how do you think I look? Answer truthfully, by the way. <laughs> um... And if they say they like it, if they're truly your friend, they would tell the truth. And you, in their opinion, are a beautiful person. So it's up to you, then, it sounds like, to also believe your friend and not say, oh, no, you're just saying that. Yeah. You got to trust your friend to be a friend? Yep. That's good advice. Um, well, well, the last one is uh, a listener who wrote in with a question for you. So, she writes, 
I have a female cousin who will be 14 in May. We were really close when she was younger, but I've since had to move several states away from my job, and she's grown up faster than I could have imagined. I'll text her, and she never responds, and she refuses to add me on Snapchat, which I know is her main method of communication. What advice do you have for how this 28-year-old can talk to her 14-year-old cousin? Well, the first thing I'd say is if you really want to talk to a teenager, talk on a subject that they like. If she's not sure what, though, her cousin might want to talk about, what would be a good question maybe she could ask to kind of get a conversation started? go with the bring back a few memories. Like, talk to somebody not the way you would when they were little. I've learned that you should not do that with teenagers. They'll get mad. Um, But instead, say something like, hey, do you remember when we... We're at supper, and I laughed so hard that mashed potatoes came out of my nose. That's some something funny. If you don't have one of those, then I don't know how to help you. <laughs> That's such good advice, Courtney. I'm serious. <laughs> I would not have thought of that. Um, it is ask a girl. Um, any final words of encouragement to them? If you have problems, do not panic. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Courtney, thank you so much. Quite welcome, Kristen. If you have questions that you want Courtney's perspective on, let us know. You can email questions for her to hello at unladylike.co or even better, and what we really prefer, call into our hotline 2628-GALPAL. And we're also looking for you to help with a special upcoming bonus episode. We want you to call that hotline number, the old gal pal hotline, and tell us, what did you think the word claptrap meant when you first heard it on Unladylike? As in, you know, unpack the claptrap. We're always talking about claptrap on the show. We know there's been a little confusion about it, and we're going to settle it once and for all. So call 262-8-GAL-PAL and tell us what you thought. And while you're at it, head on over to iTunes to rate and review us because it makes a huge difference and we would so appreciate the support. Keep up with what's poppin' on the Unladylike spheres of the internet by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Unladylike Media. And don't forget, you can get our newsletter in your inbox each week by clicking the link in the episode description. To hear our show without ads and get all your exclusive bonus content, sign up for Stitcher Premium at stitcherpremium.com slash unladylike. It's credit time. Abigail Keel is our senior producer. Mixing and sound design is by Casey Holford. Julie Subrin is our editor. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jetty Rattelet. Special thanks to Peter Clowney, and we're your hosts, Caroline Irvin and Kristen Conger. And next week, pack your bags because we are going to a special place, y'all. This magical island that is free of misogyny. I will go there. Tell me where it is. So you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the trip. And remember, got a problem? Get unladylike. Teenager thing, I figured it out. It's simple. Teenagers, you put earbuds in your ears, you take out your phone, you jam the little plug in there, and you play rap music, and you walk around slouching. That is my description of teenager. 
Stitcher.